So we're going to use Pastor Craig's message from last week as a bit of a springboard. He talked about being a seed sower and not a consumer. I'm talking about sowing the Word of God. So if you'll go with me to Mark chapter 4. Got a bit of a long read. Mark chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 13 to verse 32. It's quite, quite long. And in your Bible, you'll see it's like, how do these things tie together? Because there's kind of like, when the translators put the Bible together, they put kind of like chapter headings that are easy for us to reference, easy for us to find things. But what I'm going to show you this morning is that from verse 14 all the way to verse 32, it's actually one discourse. It's one continual teaching that Jesus is giving. And you'll see as we go through this morning that we're going to tie them all together. We'll start from the verse, from the beginning, and walk, walk, work our way towards the end and see, get like a holistic picture of the teaching of Jesus. All right. So Mark chapter 4, let's start in verse 13. So Jesus has just told them a parable. Let's, let's do verse 1. Uh, and then we'll go down to verse 10. So he says, Again he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And, it says this, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And I'm not going to read it now, but you can read it in your own time. He talks about how the sower went and he sowed seed, said some seed fell on the, the pathway where the birds of the air would come and just grab it up. Some seed fell on rocky ground where there wasn't enough soil for the plants to grow up. Some seed fell in soil where there was thorns and the thorns came and choked that up. And then he said that some seed fell on good ground. So he tells this story to the parable, this parable to, to, the, to, the, to the crowd. The disciples pull him one side and they say, Jesus, what does this mean? Help us to understand this parable. So that's what we see in verse 13. It says this, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So this is like the parable of the parables, basically. The sower, it says, if you get this, you'll get everything. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Verse 20, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And it says, and he said to them, and being a, a, I hated this stuff at school, but it's interesting now. It's a conjunction, right? <laughs> you, oh, I don't know, school. It's, it's interesting, like, after school, you see the benefit of what you learned in school. <laughs> But you don't see it in schools, like, ah, oh, stupid words, just, when's the break time? Anyway, <laughs> and is a conjunction, in other words, it's a continuation of what he just said in the previous statement. It says, and he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. 
With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, the kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seed on the... You can see the thread of the teaching of the seed, the hearing, the seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches, branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So like I said, a lot going on there, but we're going to work our way through it. And we're going to start in verse 20. So Jesus is basically he's given an explanation of what he's doing. We read there in verse 1 that he's got the crowds around him as he normally does, and he's giving his teachings. He's giving teachings, he's doing the Beatitudes, he's doing all these things. And then he gives this parable as an explanation of what he's doing through his teachings. And he says, as I'm teaching you, I'm like one who's sowing seed. The teaching is my words, the teachings that I give you, they are seed that are sown into your hearts. And in that crowd, there's some that are, the seeds falling on the wayside, some the seeds falling on rocky ground, some the seeds falling on thorny ground, and some of you, you're receiving the seed into good soil, and there's a harvest that's going to come forth from that. And so today, we want to be the ones with the good soil, right, to receive the good word. And so in verse 20, I want to read again, it says, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So that word here, it's, it's like a strange Greek word. It's like aku or something like that. <laughs> it's A-K-O-O-O. And what it means is, is if the, to break it down into two parts. The first part, it means to hear God. So what Jesus is saying is that you're hearing my teachings, you're hearing me speak, you're hearing me bring these parables, you're hearing me bring these, these words, but they're actually the words of God. And so when you hear the word, when you like the one with the good soil and you hear, you're actually hearing God. And so that hasn't stopped. Even today, through the preaching or the teaching of the word, God looks to speak to his people. God looks to sow soil into the hearts of his people. So we could be standing up here on a Sunday like today, and I can do like this whole sermon for like 30 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever it is, but one scripture, one word just comes alive inside of you. That's the word of God in the word of God. You'll find it even when you're reading your own Bible. I'm sure we've all had that. Where you're reading, 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 and all it's like, boom, the scripture just comes alive, and it's like, wow, God is speaking to me. And so this is what Jesus is saying here, is that in the word, in the discourse, in the teachings, God wants to speak to us. God wants to sow seed into our hearts. You, like I said, it can be just like a whole session, but there's one seed that God just wants to bloop, put it in your heart this morning. And so, what was I going to say? Something interesting. Oh, yes. So, we need to listen for the word of God while we're listening to 
the word of God. So we need to listen for the word, the spoken word. Father, what is it that you want to say to me this morning? What is the seed that you want to sow in my heart this morning? Every time you read your Bible, Father, what is it that you are saying to me? Excuse me, my voice. When I'm reading the word, Father, what is the word of the Lord for me today? And I always encourage people, don't just read your Bible. Read until he speaks. Read to hear. Read to listen. Like when we come on a Sunday, come with intentionality. Don't just come, oh, good Sunday, let's go to church. Come with an intention. Father, what is it that you want us? What? For the Father's here this morning, and he's walking down the aisles. Scattering seed, scattering seed, scattering seed. We have to be those ones who are intentional. I love it in verse 20, it says, the ones who hear and they receive it. They accept it. I just see them like they're, they're ready with hands out to grasp that which the Father wants. But if I'm just like, oh, it's just Sunday. What time is, oh, Cousin Chiefs is playing today. Oh, they played yesterday. But anyway, they're playing today. What time is it going to finish? You know, I'm just a rocky soil guy, you know? I'm just the hardly any soil guy, and the birds, as soon as I walk outside, the birds are going to go, take my seed away, and it's gone. You know, so we have to be intentional, because the Father, that, Pastor Craig said it last week, that's how the kingdom works. It works on the principle of seed time and harvest. So God's looking to sow seed into our hearts this morning that will bear forth, bear forth fruit. Amen. And that's what it says here in verse 20. It says, who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So going back to that definition, right, that akui or aku or something, the full definition, the first part of that definition is to hear God. The second part of that definition, it prompts God to birth faith within. So it says to hear God, this is the full definition of that word, which means we're talking about that word hear, right? To, to hear God, which prompts him to birth faith within the receiver. I read again. To hear the word of God, not just my voice, but to hear what God is saying to me today, what God is saying to you today. That means to hear God and for him then to prompt faith within my heart, to inbirth faith in my heart to believe him. And so we can then make a decision that, that the the, 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 the fruit Jesus is speaking on in verse 20 is faith. When God speaks the word, faith comes. And so it says we hear the word and accept it and we bear forth fruit of faith. Romans 10 verse 17, we know very well. It says, hearing comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we must know this, that whenever God speaks, he speaks with intentionality. Like I said, he's purposely sowing seed this morning with an intention for that seed to bear forth fruit. And that's the, the, the intention of God every time he speaks, not just here, whether you're reading your Bible, whether you, whatever it is, you're engaging with God and he speaks into your heart. His intention is to bear forth fruit of faith. And so we can never separate faith from the Word of God. 
It's kind of like, if you picture it like this, it's like they travel, they travel together, right? So where the Word of God goes, faith goes behind it. It's like they, they travel buddies. They never, they never separated. Wherever the Word, it's like you, you will never find the Word of God in isolation by itself. It's just guaranteed 100% all the time where you find the spoken Word of God, you will find faith behind it. And that's why we see in this parable in Mark chapter 4 is why Satan's trying to steal the word. It talks about the birds. It talks about the, the tribulations. It talks about the cares of this world. Because he knows that when the seed is sown, when the seed is received, that it will bear forth fruit of faith. And he knows that people who are of faith are a people who are dangerous. People who are of faith, who are a people, it says, without God, uh, what is it, why the one? No, not that one. It says, with man is impossible, but not with God, with God all things are possible. The other one says, all things are possible to those who believe. So, when we are a people of faith, basically we're unstoppable. We can literally do anything. And the enemy has nothing on us. So he will do everything in his power to come against that. He will do everything in his power to steal the seed of the word of God that, he want, that God wants to plant in our hearts to stop faith from being produced. We see this in, in, in Mark, just we read down again, we see a, 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 what you call a demonstration of the faith that Jesus has, which we can have. So it says this, Let's read from verse 35. It says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boats, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? And this says, have you still no faith? In other words, if you had faith, you could calm the sea. And that's what the devil knows. If we have faith, we can, you know, news article, hurricane coming to Durban. A people of faith stand up, and they say, hurricane, peace, be still. And in that moment, we, we stop the devastation which the enemy intended. Let's look at another scripture. They're, they're talking about the power of faith that's possible for us. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 to 20. It says this, And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, because of your little 
For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from there, from here to there, and it will move. No, there's that scripture. And nothing will be impossible for you. Like I said, people of faith are a dangerous people to the enemy. But faith only comes through the word of God. It only comes through the seed sown. We, we cannot in ourselves fabricate faith. You know, we, we, we can't even make a counterfeit. It's not like there's no little center in our brain or, in our, or some little pill that we can take that's going to give us faith. You know, no scientist can give you faith. No biological matter can give you faith. Faith comes only from the seed of the word that is planted in your heart. And that's why Jesus emphasized. That's why he's saying, this is the parable of parables. It's like, guys, you have to get this one because I'm teaching you all this stuff, but if you're not receiving it and you're not letting it grow in your heart, it's not going to produce any fruit. So he says, get this. Take the word and receive it. Put it in your heart. And so as we see in Mark chapter 4, Satan, will, he will use offense. He will use tribulation. He will use deceit. He will use distractions to stop faith being birthed inside of us. In Luke chapter 8, verse 15, I'll read it quickly. It's the same parable, but he adds a little bit on it. It says, as for that in the good soil, they are those, those, that's King James, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast, and listen to this, in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So Luke takes it even further, and he says that the good soil is a good heart. And so it says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And so God seeks, we can say this, that our heart is God's production center of faith. He sows the seed of the word of God into the soil of our heart. And in our hearts, that process of germination, that's where the soil is, where the seed can be sown, and germination can take place. But Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart. In other words, enemy is going to look for opportunity even today, even right now, even as you walk out, he's going to look for opportunity to spoil the soil of your heart. Oh, they didn't greet me. Oh, my coffee's too cold. Or the worship's too loud. Or da da da. This guy goes on for too long. You know, it's whatever it is, he's looking for opportunities to distract and to just. The God sown the seed. He's like, let me just take that out, and you walk out. And all you did today was come to church. And then he's a, he's, he, he, he doesn't care if you come to church, the devil. Come to church, but if I can stop you from receiving, then I've done my job. And so in the church, he just brings division, and he brings strife, and he brings all this nonsense. And so we have to be so aware of the schemes and the plots and the strategies of the animal. Of the animal, of the. Suppose either or, you know, and we have to guard our heart 
And secondly, we have to guard the seed. We have to have a value for the word of God, which he speaks into my heart. I'm reminded of Mary, right? When it says that the angel came to her and he said, Mary, you loved by God most high. You will, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will become the, the, the mother of the most high God. Something like that. I always mess up my, those things where you paraphrasing. There we go. Anyway, and it says this, Mary treasured these words in her heart. Psalm 119 says the same thing. It says, I, I've treasured your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So we've got to have a value, first of all, for what God is doing. We've got to guard our heart. We've got to have a value for this production center that he's put inside of me. Then we've got to have a value for the word that he's speaking. You know, Pastor Craig said this last week. He said, we can have a disregard for the inherent power in God's word. I read again. We can have a disregard for the inherent power in God's word. Oh, it's just another Sunday. It's just another preach. It's just Mark 4 again. It's just another offering message again. We have a disregard for the power of this moment. Not because I'm anything special, but because he's very special. And one word from God, one seed sown can bring forth faith to change the trajectory of your life. That's how, you know, it's like, why do we come to church? That's why we come to church. Bible says, do not neglect the gathering of yourselves together, even the more as you see the day approaching. These moments are so important, and I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but don't just wake up, get dressed, and go to church. Prepare the soil. Prepare your heart. Wake up early. Pray. Father, what is it that you have for me today? But let's go back to Mark chapter 4. We're going to read verse 21 to 24. Like I said, it's a continuation of what Jesus is saying. It says, And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not understand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. All right, so let's break this down. Verse 21 talks about having a lamp for a purpose, right? When we go to, I don't know, macro or whatever game, wherever you buy your furniture from, you go to buy a lamp, right? You go to buy a light, because you need it to bring light in your house. You know, you don't go to buy a light and then you put it on the, the bookshelf and then when the power goes off, you're just like, oh, when, when the other lights aren't working or when it's dark, you just look at it, it's like, wow, this light's beautiful. I just love how they carve the wood, it's like the lampshades. Yeah, I can't see properly though, but yeah, that's really good. You know, no, we buy it with a purpose. Jesus says the lamp has a purpose. So you don't buy the lamp and then put it under your bed because you're not going to see the light. You know, you're not going to be able to see the purpose of why the lamp is there. And so equally, Jesus is saying, we have faith. God implants his spoken word into our hearts. 
He gives us faith for a purpose. He doesn't just say, here's faith, and you can say, oh, cool, I've got faith. And next Sunday I come, I've got more faith. Okay, faith. Here we go. <laughs> no, he, he, he he's very intentional. It's like, even the, the specific seed that he sows into your heart, he's very intentional. He doesn't like, who was it? Someone, oh, it was David Winston, like the tomato packet, right? You know, God doesn't mix the tomato seeds and the pumpkin seeds and the cucumber seeds all together and just like, catch one whenever you want to, you know? It's like he's very intentional, like tomato seed for you, cucumber seed for you, pumpkin seed for you. He's very intentional in the word that he gives. And we see this in Isaiah 55. I'll just read it for you. Isaiah 55, verse 11. It says, so shall my word, remember we're talking about the word of God, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but listen to this, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So God sows the seed of the word of God. It bears, it, it enters the production center of my heart, and I begin to bear forth fruit of faith. Why? For a purpose. And so we read on in verse 22. It says, For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to become to light. So I wrote this. Faith starts out hidden in the heart of man, but it's not supposed to be, remain there inactive. It's supposed to manifest its intended purpose. Then he goes on in verse 24. It says, Pay attention to what you hear, Right? Pay attention to the word that I'm sowing in your heart. It says, with the measure you use. So he wants me to use this thing that he's given me. He wants me to, to cultivate the crop of faith that he's planted in my heart. He says, use the faith that I've given you. And we know this in John, James 2 verse 18. It says, faith without works is dead. Right? So faith must be accompanied by action. Otherwise, there's no point in having faith, you know? So, everyone still with me? Okay, so we're going to go on. Next one, verse 26 to 29. Now we're going to see the purpose of the faith that is in birth in our heart, and we see how to express that purpose. What is the action that God wants me to bring to bring this faith in my heart, to bring to full cycle, really, to bring to the full end the purpose of the faith that is birthed in my heart. And it says this in verse 26, and it says, The kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Very interesting verse 20, right? We read in Mark chapter 4, in the parable, Jesus says, I'm the seed sower. I'm the one who sows the seed on the ground. You hear my teachings, they produce faith. But what he says, yeah, now he says, but there's a man who scatters seed too. Who's that? Us. So now he says, I've given you the word, the word has produced faith, now I want you to use it. The measure that you've been given, I want you to use it. It's not a lamp that you hide away. It's something you want to put into practice. And he says, this is how you put it into practice. Now you are the man. And he says, now you sow the word. Now you scatter the seed. 
You take what God has given us, and, and we begin to speak it, right? So in verse 20, like I said, he's referring to himself, first of all, but now he's referring to us. And in both cases, the seed is the word of God. This is what Pastor Craig was saying last week. God sows the word. He speaks the word into our hearts. He sows the word. And now he says, you've got that word. Now take it, and now you begin to sow the word. And so we become like God, and we begin to speak the word into situations. And this is what we would call declarations, right? Declarations of faith. Man is to also sow the word by speaking. In other words, declaration. A declaration means to make known or to, to set forth or to put in motion. In other words, God made a declaration, let there be light, and there was light. In other words, my declarations of faith can put things into motion, can bring things into being. And so here we begin to see the, the co-laboring, the co-partnership with God. You know, I, I love that story with, with Moses. Um, they, they, they're, like, they're facing the Red Sea, right? And then Moses gives like this whole speech, and it's great, it's very religious. You know, and he says, wait, this day you shall see the Lord your God. He will fight for you. Just stand and be still. The very next sentence, God's like, why are you asking me to do it? You raise your staff and put it up, you know? And Moses is like, oh, right, I'm supposed to do something. You know, and he puts up his staff, and the waters part. What's it? There's a co-laboring with the Father. And so here we see there's a co-laboring with God. Where he, he, inbirth, he sows seed into my heart, he inbirths faith, but now I take that very same word and I begin to declare it. I begin to speak it. I begin to bring forth things into motion. Instead of just waiting for him, God, please change this situation. God, please do this. God, please that what we should be doing is, God, give me a word. God, give me a seed that I can use to declare into this situation that I can bring forth change. See, that's how it works. We're waiting on God, but He's waiting on us. And we're just asking the wrong question. We're waiting for the rescuer to come, but He's fully equipped us to be the rescuer of our souls. So God speaks the word. Faith is in birth in us. Faith must be used. And we use it by declaring the very word He gave to us. And so faith... In the beginning, we said, faith follows the word of God. And even with us, they travel together. Faith and the spoken word of God must go together. And we see this. I'm going to read a couple of, of passages where we see this. Mark 11. I'm going to go quickly so you don't have to turn there, but if you're taking notes, Mark 11, 22, verse 23, it says, Have faith in God. Then he says, Truly I say to whoever says to this mountain, so here we see the action of faith. He's in birth faith, but there's an action that must follow. It's the declaration of what he said to us. Mark 11, verse 22. Um, we read the one earlier, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. I'll read it again. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here and it will be moved. Again, the declaration follows our faith. If you think about it like this, right? Everyone's seen, either seen in a movie or you've seen it like in real life, 
those NASA spaceships, right, when they're about to launch. There's two parts to that, that thing. The one is the space shuttle, and the other one's like this, I don't know what even the proper name, like a rocket pack, but which actually launches. And so the shuttle in itself, you know, it can fly, but it doesn't have enough force to break through, what is that barrier called? Gravity, there you go, thank you. It doesn't have enough force to break through that gravity, so it needs that extra thrust, right? And so it's like, dead, no, dude, you know, and it's like, and you see the rockets going, all of a sudden this thing like shoots off. And once it breaks through that barrier, the two things like separate, right? Because the rockets have fulfilled their, their purpose. And so the space shuttle is our word that we speak, but the faith is the rocket that gets it to where it's supposed to be. And so a lot of people, you know, we, a lot of believers, you can speak to them and say, well, I've been declaring, I've been, I've been speaking, I've been doing these things, and people become disillusioned. But the thing is, they're not doing it the proper way. Because we can read a list like a parrot, and if there's no faith behind it, we're not going to break through the gravity field. This is God's, and I, and I hate using this word, but it's like a formula, right? Where faith must be the propulsion of the word that we speak. And so if you've got your declarations and you have no faith, first get faith in you before you speak. How do we do it? We meditate. We, we listen for the voice of God. And so when I come to a situation, let's say my child is sick, Father, what are you saying to me in this situation? I wait for the word of God. I hear the word of God. He speaks it to me. I begin to meditate. I begin to water it in my heart, right? I begin to meditate. I begin to think about what he's spoken. I read it again. I read it again. All of a sudden, faith arises in me. I actually believe what he's saying. Now it's my turn. So now I take, I, I, I harvest that thing. I turn around and I begin to sow seed. And I say, the welfare of my children shall be great. The peace, the shalom, that shall be great, you know, and I begin to speak that with the force of faith that he's given me. See, he doesn't just give me the word, but he gives me the faith to speak the word. A declaration made in faith becomes a doorway through which the reality of heaven invades earth. Declaration made in faith becomes a doorway through which the reality of heaven invades earth. We saw that with Jesus. Peace, be still. Supernatural overrides the natural. Just like that. Let's go back to Mark 4. Let's read verse 26. He said, The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So as I said, the, the ground which God speaks into is our heart. But now there's a ground that we speak into as well. And that ground is this, what we say, it's in an unseen realm. Just as in the natural, when you sow a seed, you put it under the soil, you can't see it. So it is 
in, in this, when I speak, when I sow the word of God, I sow it into an unseen realm, and it's covered with soil. I can't see it, but I know it's there, right? And just like in the ground, where I sow a seed, I put water, I do those things, there's this process called, again, back to school again, biology, right? Process of germination, where it's like, I don't even know the details, but anyway, it's the process of a seed becoming a plant. And so the soil works, and da-da-da, and all these things, and out from my seed comes a little stalk, I was talking here, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. So when I speak, when I'm sowing seed into this unseen realm, there's a process of germination that's happening there too. And we're going to see that in Scripture. The first one is this, and the whole point of that germination is to bring forth the plants, in other words, to bring forth the harvest of what I've been sowing in the, into, into the visible realm. So I've been sowing, my children are healed by the stripes of Christ Jesus, so now I'm waiting to see, right? The, the, the word's working, the, it's, it's working in the invisible realm, the seeds, the shells coming off, you know, and the little buds are beginning to come out. There's something happening there in that realm. And so the first thing that happens when we sow the seed of the word of God is this in Psalm 103, verse 20. It says this, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. So we're talking about germination of this unseen realm. When we declare the word of God, angels move. You know, we, angels are here on earth as servants of the believer. We don't worship angels. We don't look for angels. We don't speak to angels. But they are here, and you must know that when we speak the word of God, we command angels. And so I say, by the stripes of Christ Jesus, you are healed. <sighs> angels come to that person, and they begin to minister healing to that person. So by the stripes of Christ, oh, I already said that one. Um, my God shall supply my every need according to my, his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Angels are bringing from the storehouse of heaven. <sighs> angels are at work on the seed that I have spoken. It's germination, right? Next thing, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. It says, And take the helmet of the salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so when I speak the Word into this invisible realm, it's an offensive weapon against the enemy. And so there's a, there's a sickness in this realm which has been coming against my children. And so I speak the word. I say, by the stripes of Christ Jesus, they are healed. I'm sowing the seed in this process of germination. The word begins to battle against infirmity. The word begins to battle against disease. The word begins to battle against sickness. The word begins to battle against lack. And it's pushing away those things which would choke and prevent the blade from popping up from the soil. Then the last one, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing 
to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. When I speak the word, the word begins to work on me too. And it begins to prepare me to reap the harvest. And so whatever's wrong in my life, particularly unrenewed thought patterns that are not in line with the Word of God, when I sow the seed into this invisible realm, it begins to work on my mind. It begins to work on my heart. It begins to work on my soul. So that when the blade comes, I'm ready to receive it in its fullness. I have the ability, I have the tools necessary. It's like a, it's like a farmer, right? He, he sows seed on the ground, grows up, he's like, oh, shucks, I should have bought a tractor or something you know, to reap this harvest. You know? he has, he's already equipped to reap the harvest. He has all the tools and the machinery necessary to reap the grain. And so the Father does the same to us. We declare the word. The angels are going forth. We declare the word. The word is pushing against the enemy. We declare the word. God's equipping us. He's giving us the tools and the machinery necessary to reap the harvest. And then, from the soil, the blade starts to rise. Wow, she's not coughing so much anymore. The plant gets bigger. She's not coughing at all. Wow, she hasn't been to the doctor in like six months. Why? Because the, the, the seed has now begun to bear forth fruit. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he, that's me and that's you, puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. We'll go back track, verse 27. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows and he knows not how. Our responsibility is to declare the word. Rest in faith. Water it with thanksgiving and reap the harvest. But the word itself will produce. And so it's, it's quite fascinating when you look at this. There's this divine exchange that takes place. God from his mouth, from this eternal realm, he speaks the word into my heart, right? My heart produces faith. And from the place of faith, I speak it back into the unseen. So it goes from the unseen to the natural, back into the unseen, and then it comes back into the natural. When God speaks a word, it produces faith. But when I speak a word, it produces a miracle. Your miracle is in your mouth. It's waiting in heaven, waiting for someone who would hear. Someone who would inquire. Father, what is the cure? What is the answer? 
Let's meditate on this thing. Let's cultivate the soil. Let's guard it. I don't want to hear that stuff. Okay. Oh, okay, sure. Lord, something's happening. I really believe this, kid. I begin to sow. I begin to, to speak. I begin to water. And then thing begins to take up. And I say, wow, Lord, there's a miracle. Why? Because I co-labored with them. I received from the unseen. I spoke it into the unseen. And it comes back into the natural as a miracle. Then we'll finish this, verse 30 to verse 32. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. And so declaration, this, this thing we've been speaking about, can seem almost like silly, you know, especially to someone who hasn't heard it maybe yeah, for the first time. You're like, what is this guy even talking about? Why would God even ask us to do that? It can seem so insignificant. Father, I've got other things to do. I want to worship you. I want to I read your word. I want to study your word. Why now must I make time for this? It can seem so small, like a mustard seed. But God says, just do it. Just put the mustard seed in the ground. And it will become the largest tree of all the trees. And its branches will provide housing and food and shelter for others. In other words, what he's saying is, just do it. Just receive the word and just sow the word. It's a principle that I've established for you as my people. And if we will just take all this, this is the parable of parables, guys. Jesus is telling them, just get this. Like I said, we ask that that part, but it's this whole thing. Just get this. Receive the word. Faith comes. Speak the word. Miracle comes. This is how we are supposed to live. This is seed time and harvest. But if we discount it as silly or as works, someone would say, oh, it's just a mustard seed. It's nothing. Don't worry about what those guys are saying, man. It's just so small. It's a small part of the kingdom. It's a big part of the kingdom. And it produces big results. So I'll leave you with this. When you're faced with a situation, when you need a miracle, get the word of the Lord. Hear what God is saying. Inquire of God. Father, what are you saying? Let faith rise and then begin to co-labor. That very word that he gives you is the very word that you now speak. And you will begin to see the miracles of God in your life. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a place of action. It's not a place of passivity. It, it requires, for lack of a better word, it requires work on our behalf. But it's actually not that hard. It's just meditating on the word and speaking the word. And often like we 
oh, I don't have time to do that today. Like, how long is that going to take you? Like, five minutes? Let's put into practice, Pastor Craig read it last week in Genesis, this, the principle of seed time and harvest. And as we work these principles, I guarantee you, you will begin to see breakthrough and you will begin to see change. Don't neglect it. Don't, as the preacher or the, the Bible encourages us, do not grow weary in doing good. For in due time, you will reap a harvest. When you sow a seed, the plant doesn't come up in an hour. It doesn't come up the next day. Depends what kind of plant it is. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it's just a week. But be patient. With faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. So by faith, work what He's given us. And by patience, wait for it. Don't give up. Do not grow weary in your declaration of faith. Because in due time, you will reap a harvest. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for these truths that you've given us in your word, Lord, to enable us to be victorious in this life. And Father, we thank you for the seed of the word of God that is so freely available to each one of us. And Lord, I ask that we, we would not disregard it, we would not disregard the power of it and disregard the power of seed time and harvest, Lord. But that we would be doers of the word and Lord, take this and, and action it out in our lives. And so, Father, we bless you for this. Lord, I thank you for ears to hear, Lord. Jesus, you often say to Jesus, like, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And Father, I pray over this congregation that we would have ears to hear that which the Lord is saying. Ears to hear the word of God within the word of God. In Jesus' name.